quick thing before this episode. Just so you know, by references, I don't mean that thing in school where you report all your sources. Okay, now we can continue. The term anthropomorphism is derived from the term anthropos, meaning human, and morpher, meaning form. Anthropomorphism is the personification of abstract objects like nations, emotions, the elements, and animals, as in Aesop's fables, of course. The type of anthropomorphism we're going to focus on today are nations, also known as national personification. National personification, most notable by Europeans, is used to assume a sense of pride in one's nation in the form of political cartoons, editorials, and propaganda. Note that because national personification is, well, personification, it can't be a real person or a historical figure. For example, the earliest national personifications were based on Athena slash Minerva, since she was wise and good at war, good traits for a nation to have. These traits romanticized the nation and were displayed as statues and paintings. They weren't in political cartoons since those only existed in 1754 and beyond. The countries wanted to portray themselves nobly, so these personifications usually took on the form of a regal woman with a Latin name posing nobly in a classical robe. These were the laws of how national personification had to look like. Kind of like, you know, boy bands mass produced by a company. If you didn't follow these laws, well, too bad. Yeah, do. One of the earliest of these Athena-like personifications was Britannia, which was created back in the days of Rome. Was she regal like a goddess and a woman? Check. Did she have a Latin-sounding name? Mm-hmm. Check. Was she posing epically? Check, check, check. Did she have a stylish robe? Check. Did she stand for liberty? Check. Bonus. Did she have a sweet helmet? Check. So yeah, that's Britannia for you folks. Woohoo! National personification soon spread across Europe. And let me tell you a story, kids. Back in the day, there was a gal named Europe who liked wearing a robe and posed regally. And she also enjoyed conquering stuff from the tip of South America to the edge of Asia. And with her, she brought the idea of national personification. In America, Colombia became the personification. Eventually, anthropomorphism evolved from Mary Sue's to people that actually felt real, like Uncle Sam, you know. The tall man with the high hat will be coming down your way. Get your savings out when you hear him shout, and he bonds today. Yeah, Uncle Sam was the famous personification of government, which was asking people to join the military and buy war bonds, since this was World War II. Then there's John Bull, an ordinary middle-class British citizen who is logical. In cartoons, John Bull is notable for often questioning what the government does. And in Portugal, there's Zé Pavinho, a guy in the working class who has a knack for making fun of rich folks, especially if they're politicians. Now, I'm not going to go on and list every other national personification, because that would be a lot to work with, and I am very good at butchering names. So, yeah, you can find a list of the other ones on Wikipedia. Anyways, because personified nations represent a variety of people as a singular being, the ideals of people often end up clashing with one another, which results in multiple personifications created to suit various groups. Back in the 19th century, the opposition to Irish independence created Hibernia, Britannia's little sister who needed to be saved from the nationalist, represented by scary men. On the other hand, supporters of Irish independence retaliated and created Kathleen Holyhan, usually depicted as a sweet old lady who aids young men in their fight for independence. 
Other things often associated with national personification include mural crowns, national animals, national emblems, national gods, and national patron saints. Now, this is where the fun begins. If you don't like fun or are only here for the historicalness of this podcast, you may leave. If you want to hear me rant about pop culture related to national personification, stay. Welcome to Comic Analysis and Critiquing. Our first case study is a little-known underrated manga known as Afghanistan, created by Tim King. It has only one volume and ran from October of 2003 to February 2005. This manga is basically about Afghanistan, a cute little clumsy girl, along with the other stands. Pakistan is this boastful girl who is actually really lonely and misses her younger sister Kashmir and wants to befriend Afghanistan. She has beef with Uzbekistan. What I love is that time and time again, Pakistan is all like, today I'll befriend Afghanistan. And time and time again, she fails in a cute way. Uzbekistan is haughty, hates losing, and likes her older brother Russia and has a little sister Karakal Pakistan. Doesn't really like Pakistan and wants Afghanistan since she is the border of East and West. Tajikistan is a salt of the earth kind of dude, quick to argue and quick to make up. Though she acts tomboyish, she's secretly a pretty girl. Also, she is the poorest of the stands and loves football. Yeah, I don't know why I put those two subjects in one sentence. Kyrgyzstan is bitter in words and smart. After all, she needs to be like that due to her harsh life. She rides on the Akal Teke that Turkmenistan made for her. Turkmenistan is a girl who is mysterious and no one knows her thoughts. America is the rich kid in town. She loves superheroes and is great at fighting and believes her version of justice is right. There's also British and Russia who like to bully Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda is also represented by a pack of wildcats who come into Afghanistan's home when she's away. What I love about this manga is the fact that out of all the nations Tim King could have focused on, he chose Central Asian nations. I also enjoyed the fact that this was one of the more educational of the comics that we are going to be talking about today. This, in my opinion, is the most underrated of the five main comics that are going to be talked about, seeing as it is the original of the anthropomorphic nation comics. Afghanistan needs more love. If you want to read it, a group of English translations have been put together by Rubber Soul 1967 on Google Sites. I really suggest you check it out. Sadly, when the manga was released, it came under fire when 9-11 was portrayed as America getting bitten by one of those stray cats. And even more sadly, the author, when writing the sequel to Afghanistan, Pakistan, got a virus in his computer and his work was lost. And... Then he just gave up, which really saddens me because this could have become a really beautiful idea and have grown into so much more. Moving on. Our next case study is Hetali. And oh boy, is this going to be a long one. Nene, papa, why no chodai? Nene, mama, nene, mama. Sorry, excuse my fangirling. Hitalia was a webcomic that started back in 2006 by a little-known guy called Haida Kaz Himaruya. This comic eventually progressed into a manga, which eventually turned into an anime, which became really popular and got itself a toxic fandom, and yeah. If you're a person who's big on fandoms, you probably know this tale all too well. Basically, Hitalia is a collection of humorous news stories, historical skits, and stereotypes, in a good way. 
bundled into one. The main character is Italy, aka North Italy, aka Venezanio, aka Filicano Vargas. He is a talkative, pasta-loving, all-around happy-go-lucky guy who likes to relax and flirt with girls. Italy is good-natured and good friends with Germany and Japan, especially the former. He is often heard saying, ve, ve. Then there's Germany, Deutsu. He is very tough, very hard-working, and likes to shout. He also enjoys beer and worst. Though he tends to get frustrated at Italy for being weak, deep down inside, he cares for Italy. Italy is his only friend, and even if he may be annoying, he's still his friend. He is often heard saying, Mangot, and Italy! And then there's Japan, Manga Boy. He is a combination with his whole body being his no-no square. He is very polite and thinks before speaking. He loves the West and exploring different cultures and is good friends with America. Japan doesn't really have a catchphrase. Anyways, to clear things up, even though the Axis powers are the main characters, this manga in no way condones the behavior of the actual Axis powers and in no way glorifies them. Italia literally means useless Italy. Now that's a head of fact. The other major characters are the allied forces, who are kind of a mess. There's America, Hamburger Child, who is loud and obnoxious and likes superheroes a bit too much. Coincidence? I think not. In his mind, everything revolves around him. Even if America may seem rude, on the inside he's very caring towards his friends, smart and courageous. America's catchphrase is, I'm the hero, and he likes saying, dude. There's England, Iggy Brows who likes placing curses on people, being a gentleman, and drinking at pubs. Pub and Go is literally a song where he basically drunkenly sings. He used to be a pirate and had some wild teenage years. Before the revolution, America was his little brother. Also, he hates France. Like, no matter what, he has to oppose France. Oh, and he's basically the god of bad cooking. His sayings are basically all swears, so I won't be saying any of them on this episode or any other. Then there's France, Baguette Man, even though for some reason I haven't seen baguettes in Italia at all. Maybe it's because I haven't been looking hard enough. He is the lover of good foods and pretty girls. He can be a bit perverted at times. He used to be very strong, but now he is not really strong. He also loves making fun of England and going on strike. Occasionally, he cross-dresses. He has some of the deepest lines in the show, like saying this, which most people forget. I'm looking at you, crazy fangirls. Love is something you shouldn't force on others. Then there's Mother Russia. Cool, 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 cool. Russia had a traumatic past of getting attacked a ton as a child. Because of this, he has mental health issues. He wants to make friends and dreams of a field of sunflowers, along with all the other nations becoming one with him. Unfortunately, because he is childishly cruel, most of the other nations are scared of him, except Belarus, who he is scared of. He is most famous for saying, Become one with Mother Russia, da. Finally is China, Panda Kid. He's a great cook who can fight with a walking ladle. He is the oldest of the nations and was Japan's big brother. He's a big fan of cutesy things like Hello Kitty and makes his own off-brand versions of stuff. He likes saying, Aya and Aru. Also, did I mention that he has the best lines ever? For example, when stranded on an island, he suggests sharing body heat and states, this is a matter of gay or death. 
Even though Hitalia is more for entertainment than actual history, what I love about it is that it inspires readers to get out into the world and learn about history. While studying the Battle of Grunwald at school this year, Hitalia, with a good amount of infos from the YouTuber Hedefax, literally got me one mark higher on my history grade. Though it came at a price. Once you get into the Hitalia fandom, you can never see countries the same way again. Or escape the fandom. Hitalia seems pretty lighthearted and fun on the outside, but this is one of the more controversial of the five. I don't want to get into much details about it since it will probably end up sounding like a Tumblr post, even though I don't have Tumblr. All I can say is that through it all, Hitalia is a powerful piece of art that can both be beautiful and ugly, depending on how you look at it. As Himma once wrote, make pasta, not war. Our next case study is Pollen Ball. Back in August of 2009, there was a cyber war between Polish internet users and basically the rest of the world on drawball.com. An idea began circulating around which involved the Polish flag on a ball that read Polska on the middle, and a bunch of people began drawing that by the thousands. Then on crotchan.net, there was this British internet user called Falco who, in September of 2009, wanted to troll a Polish user, so he drew the first Poland ball, speaking in broken English. This idea was taken on by Russian internet users, and from there, Poland ball spread like wildfire. And the best part about it is that anyone can make it, because there's no exact origin. That's why, out of these five forms of national personification, Poland Ball is the most popular. Poland Ball's simple design makes it easy for artists to draw quickly and effectively to portray ideals that they might have or stories about history. What I find interesting about Poland Ball is that non-English speaking countries, when they speak English, they have their lines written out in broken English and include words from their own languages. Something else that I enjoy about Poland Ball is that countries call each other like names based on the food that they eat. For example, Russia is often called vodka. One thing to note is that unlike the lighthearted Hitalia, Poland Ball can be pretty upfront about international conflicts. Like if you want to do something on a lazy Saturday morning, just search up a random country ball and like scroll down to the bottom and you'll see the relations section and reading those can be pretty entertaining even if they are pretty harsh because people individually create Poland ball comics there's no set main character of Poland ball but if i were to say one of the balls is the main character it would be Poland ball because it's the original and used the most Poland ball likes saying kuwa and likes talking about its glorious past Poland ball dreams of going to space and is commonly portrayed as an upside-down flag of Poland. I would go into more detail on Poland Ball and the other nations, except for the fact that that would probably take hours, and that there are some pretty harsh stuff in their descriptions. Moving on. Actually, before we continue, I'd like to clarify that because Poland Ball is created by individual people, in those individual people have, I guess, their own limit to how much, like, I guess, 
humor in quotes can go around. So be wary when judging Pollen Ball comics. Like Italia, Pollen Ball can both be a wonderful thing and a terrible thing at the same time. Our next case study is Scandinavia in the World, which was created by a Danish internet user called Human on the 29th of June in 2009, where he uploaded the first ever image on DeviantArt called Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. These three would eventually become the main characters of Scandinavia in the World, with Finland, Iceland, and America appearing frequently in comics. The art style of Scandinavia in the World is basically a cartoon character wearing a giant shirt which basically depicted the flag of the nation. Denmark appears in the most strips of Scandinavia in the world. He is often seen drunk and is pretty pansexual. He is often happy but can have mood swings and he is scared of loneliness and nature, like anything to do with nature, except for the ocean. And Denmark he doesn't hide anything, really. He often shows himself a bit too much and can say the wrong things, though he does love living a fun-filled life. The next character to appear the most is Sweden. He is pretty smart and good with tech and is orderly and a great leader, which often leads to him being pretty bossy. He thinks himself to be pretty cultured and assumes that his friends are pretty judgmental, which is why he hides his gayness. Sweden used to be a great warrior who kidnapped other nations, but nowadays he's chilled. Norway is pretty easygoing and loves everything about nature. He likes hiking, fishing, and skiing. And he also is pretty well off because of his good oil industry and is pretty careful with his money. Scandinavia in the World is a pretty humorous comic that focuses on Nordic culture and references their history. Out of all the other five personified nation comics, this by far is probably the least controversial. So yeah, that's all I have to say about Scandinavia in the World. I think between here and the final thing I'll be mentioning, there was this thing called Flagland Heathens going on, but when I went back to try to search up something about it, I couldn't find it. Our final case study is Country Humans, and you may be wondering why I'm talking in this tone of voice. Well, you'll find that out later. It's hard to pinpoint the exact origin of Country Humans, since a Facebook user posted a picture of Argentina and Chile hugging each other, which was similar to the Hitalia style, so I guess it doesn't really count. It is also believed that an Argentine user called Country Humans coined the term Country Humans on July 18th of 2014, though it is also stated that the term Country Humans began circulated in November of 2014 as well. The origin of the fandom is said to have begun on VK, a Russian site, in December of 2017, but others claim that YouTube videos that involve country humans have been coming around since the 20th of April 2017. So yeah, the origin of country humans is pretty wonky. Basically, country humans is 
if Poland Ball and Natalia had a baby, and that baby was taken over by 14-year-old girls. That's just my opinion. Though, country humans, like all these other national personifications, have both good and bad parts to it. I enjoyed the art of Estonia singing for his freedom as a representation of the singing revolution which took place in the Baltic states back in the days of the Soviet Union. Though I also have like, in my, this is my opinion by the way, I also don't quite like most of the art of country humans and I agree with what most Poland Ball users say that country humans is a disgrace to history. Why are they saying this, you may ask? Well, country humans is extremely ship-centric. Like I said before, country humans is basically owned by 14-year-old girls. And 14-year-old girls tend to ship a lot of things together. I'm not going to say much on this controversy because it kind of makes me uncomfortable and that you can search it up on your own time. So yeah, that's basically it for country humans, and that's basically it for all the things that I've mentioned so far. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed my rant about fandoms, and yeah, bye!